Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Barrel Chat Podcast. We are a podcast that provides an unfiltered look into the craft beer industry from the untrained palates of two dumbass outsiders. I am Matthew Muncie, and as always, I'm joined by Dustin Wood. Dustin, how are we doing? Man, uh, better day. Well, I guess better time after the day. It's the same day we recorded the last episode, but just it's a nice, like, break from life just to chat about beer probably the most sober like damn near two hour episode i don't even know how long it was but we yeah, had it was done. a sober one yeah, surprisingly we had two beers not even total yeah well, and, uh, one beer total between the two of us it, it did feel very old school like you said after we got done recording just minus the 45 beers that we would normally have. Uh, could we save them all for this? Yeah. So kind of like a special episode. This is a nice like OG throwback. Let's do some big crazy beers that not most people probably never fucking heard of, never had. But I stopped at Benny's in Chicago. There's a buttload of Benny's. And I picked up two packs of beers. Every single beer I bought was in a two pack which I really appreciated. I, I liked that it was a two-pack beer. I can get two of them. I don't need four of them. I don't need that much of most beers. Two, perfect. Because I can, you know, I can drink one. I can give it to you. We can drink one here. We can share it later. That's a cool feature for me. But I said, hey, Matt, why don't we do a really interesting episode where we do three of the same beer with different adjuncts added to them side by side? It kind of sounds fun. Because we always bitch about, hey, you can't try different variants of the same beer all at once, or you can't try the base beer. So we have uh, Phase 3 Brewing Company here. Um, we have their pressed Imperial Porter series right in front of us. We have one we're drinking right now is... The Pressed Imperial Porter Reserve. Yeah, so let me see this can here. Um, the Reserve is... Super interesting to me, and I don't know that they list this on the back of the other cans, um, but they have the farmer that grew the things. They had the estate name where the stuff was grew gr- grown, and they have the varietal of coffee that's on it as well. First off, the can is beautiful. Just, this can is a, like, matte gold, a little bit of a reflection going on with some dark brownish or black line vector art. It's got a little bird, got some hops. It's got some beautiful rendations of what would be a coffee bean and just fun line work. I really enjoy these cans. I'm going to take the labels and put them onto a can art design that I'm working on. But I've been blown away by all three of these beers that I've had. They're all vastly different, but all Big, thick, imperial porters to the style that they say they are. This one is Pressed Imperial Porter Reserve, 12% ABV, by three, Phase 3 Brewing Company. Phase 3 is out of... Look like uh, Illinois. Zurich, Zurich, Illinois. Illinois. They use Tugboat Coffee in these. So... First off, we poured it. It pours beautifully. It had a head on it. Now it's gone. But it actually feels like a big-ass stout. That's that's the first thing that I kind of really noticed was it's got the body of a stout. I don't know if I've ever had a double porter before. I can't say I've had many imperial porters. Yeah, which is an interesting concept. Because at what point does it just become a stout? Yeah, it's got to have some sort of a like a threshold that it yeah. stays under. Or it would be interesting to know, kind of after doing this, like what is that threshold between the the porter and the stout? Because this has a, a the body of a stout, but it finishes like a porter. It's weird. Yeah, it's not as heavy. Yeah, it's like a crisp stout. Yeah, you're, interestingly you're enough, but this one. Let's the roastiness come out hardcore. It's thick. It's got coffee in it, but it's not like overbearing the style. So it doesn't overtake the beer itself. 
So you still get the border base, you get the roasts, you get the like chocolate malts and the barleys that will come into it. But with that like hit of coffee, it's a good coffee. It, it, I, I wish there was more about this beer. Uh, that's one of those things that I kind of wish, you know, people would, would add a little bit more detail somewhere. Like what makes this a reserve? Because when I think of reserve, I think of something I think it's the very aged I think it's or, that it's well, let me look at the other can. So I went here and it's an just an imperial porter with tugboat. So I think it's because this one has the like actual farmer that grew the stuff. It has the actual location where it was grown. Okay. So I think it was like variety. a farm to table type of version of this beer. Okay. Like a very limited release of coffee that was probably roasted very specifically for this beer, picked from a like a farm that grew them, and then the hops were probably picked from a different farm specifically for this beer. So my guess is it's very limited release ingredients. That's my guess. It doesn't say that, but just by looking at the fact that it has like the farmer in the estate on this one and it doesn't have on the other ones. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that, sure. I mean, that just—that's the only way I can. Yeah, I mean, like, that's—you're not wrong. That—that that is the only difference that I see outside of obviously labels and color, what's, but what's in it. I just wish there was a little bit more. Like, is that what makes it reserved? What makes it reserved? Is it because it's a double? What's up, phase three? What makes it reserved? Yeah, like what makes this reserved? Because usually you see reserve in the, um. Like super spirit, limited things spirit in the spirit industry, world, yeah. And it's, and it's usually, yeah, like something limited or something fancy. You know, they they blended a bunch of different barrels or you know something like that. So, I, I really, I do really like this. This is this is kind of like almost a perfect coffee porter. To me, this drinks like. A traditional dry porter that they ramped everything up in and threw coffee into. So it feels like a traditional English porter because it's super roasty, mm-hmm. almost has like that dry, crispy finish. But at the very front and as it lingers, there's big, big, bold flavors of coffee and then the like quadruple version at 12%. Because your normal porters are like four to six. Yeah. So I feel this, like I feel like it's like that that like chocolatiness that's kind of missing. Like lots of roast, lots of coffee, and then just what you would naturally get out of like porters and stuff. I, look at the legs on this thing for a porter. Like that's mind blowing. Yeah, it I mean this this thing this thing looks like a stout. Like Smells like a stout. Yeah, but somehow it's not a stout. I think it smells delicious. Yeah, it smells like a... Damn, it almost smells like dark chocolate with some coffee. Yeah, it kind of does. Like a bitter dark chocolate with some coffee. But I love... This may very well be my favorite, like, porter that's not a straight porter that I've ever had. So, like, not, like, a dry porter or your traditional straight to the like GABC or I guess uh, the style guidelines. Yeah. I, I would say, I know we're not really doing our uh, top 50 list anymore, but we can kind of play this out in our minds. Savoy was kind of number one. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll say 2023. Savoy was kind of number one for me. Think about what I've kind of had this year i think i would put that the one that we talked about last episode uh the pb and j sour from zool i think that goes number two on my list i think the rye the orchestrated minds the orchestrated minds um i budula or bundula that had the four varieties of vanilla and it was a rye barrel aged beer uh stout that goes number three that was just so fucking fantastic. And I think this goes for. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same like orchestrated minds is right up there with 
it's not it's not quite as over the top as Savoy Truffle was. There was just something special about Savoy Truffle. Orchestrated Minds would be two in mine. Then honestly, three is a beer we drank at the hotel or the Airbnb. Um, it was fuck. Was that oh, that beer? like maple breakfast yeah, thing that maple breakfast beer that was from it was, equilibrium yeah equilibriums it was like a maple breakfast barrel aged porter or stout or something that was fun that'd be up there it's not quite there but it's up there but this to me would be three or four right now um for 2023 because it's just it's so fun and the label work is beautiful the the just simplicity of this beer but also the depth is crazy because this is, doesn't have adjuncts in it there's no like so coffee is the adjunct but that's part of the the actual style here yeah but i mean technically it's it's an adjunct so i think this is kind of what tripped people up maybe a little bit when i presented the idea of like base styles because when i think of when i think of base styles i'm like just porter we're not doing porter with coffee like to me the coffee is an adjunct you get coffee flavors naturally from porters and stouts, but they added. I don't want this, yes. more coffee in that. Like, you give me just the base ass. Yeah, I wish that I could have found the base base to this. Maybe I could have, but it wasn't at Benny's. But the idea that we now have this one that is like the base, so to say, of this three collection one has maple in it and one has toffee in it on top of the actual coffee and i've had all three of them i'll leave the other two here for us momentarily but this one something is unique about this beer it it really does have a uniqueness to it like it, it is really hard to kind of put into words how well it, it's just quality when when you drink beers, especially stuff like this, um, I go back to the the Shinobi Lager. Like that's that's a pretty well done lager. Is it a five star lager? No, but you're gonna know that it's like a the good... more you drink, you just start to understand. Like okay, it's uh, you you made the comment in in our last episode about um, going to cosmetic. And how Ryan would maybe share probably you you said something about he probably wouldn't share his recipe with you or he might something like that. The difference is you could take that recipe and you still wouldn't make it as good as he does. Yeah. Like like I said, so my statement was you could go there and he would probably damn near share everything with you on how he made the beer and you still wouldn't be able to make it like that. Yeah. And, And like that's kind of the the difference that you start to see in, in some of these top quality breweries is that just the quality from the ingredients to the way they do it, they take their time. It's not rushed. Like that's when you start to get these fascinating beers. Like I guarantee that Savoy truffle was just, I can't imagine the amount of time that the entire fucking time. Whereas we've heard stories of like, well, this needs to get out and it's not done. It, but it's going to get drank. It's getting People out. are going to pay for it. Yep. So yep. that's all that matters. Fuck it. We need that tank for something else. But at that point, that's when we, as educated consumers or relatively educated consumers or consumers that drink maybe too much beer, that might be why yeah, we're educated. Like we're not experts. We're uh, su- <laughs> super users. <laughs> i'm a power user power uh, user yeah that's, a, that's, a, that's so another word for i'm that. a power user in the beer industry where if i taste a beer that i know was rushed i know that it was rushed if i taste a beer that has an off flavor god damn it i'm gonna pull that out of there most likely not every time but a lot of the chances of diacetyl and some of the other things that you can get in beer chances are we're gonna catch it yeah we may not have the Cicerone certifications, but it's really not that hard to tell what a good beer is. We can't, you know, essentially 
take two really good beers and necessarily tell exactly what the Nitpick difference the between difference. yeah yeah and be in and then give it you know here's first place and second place but we're, we've done this enough you know we we're that guy who knows how to use excel a little bit too well <laughs> and the people in you know the people at work are like holy fuck how do you know that wait 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 what, what yeah. did you just do how how did you make all those yeah. things do that like we can give we can give recommendations and people come back and are like, fuck, that was good beer. And not, what in the fuck are these people doing? Like, it's like why did you that beer is here? terrible. What are you talking about? But this may have been the wrong one to start with, but it's the closest to a regular version of this beer that's on the table. Yeah, because I do see the other have the Tugboat Coffee on there, so I'm assuming there's Tugboat Coffee in them. Plus the adjuncts? Yes, so it is a coffee is, plus. So if you on the... Coffee Coffee is a fucking great... Should be a great name. Coffee and maple, coffee and toffee. Yeah, coffee and toffee. Coffee toffee. Ooh, that's a fun beer. Toffee coffee. I... Hmm. Yeah, these are... I, I really like these cans. Uh, the the labeling's a little un... Uh, not uneven, but like... Like this one's missing the twelve ounce or twelve percent alcohol by volume and sixteen ounce on the front of it, which is kind of a weird. Really? Yeah. The the green one. That's super strange. So it doesn't say anything under it. Nope. Ah. It just says coffee toffee and then. Blank. That's wild. That's an overlook from the designer for yeah. sure. Somebody so printed like, these and went fuck. <laughs> some interesting, uh, <laughs> some interesting things. There. Uh, little tangent, sidetrack, but we drive to the north side of indiana quite a few times the wife and i do because we we have family lives in muncie and family lives in anderson area well not lives but like has a cabin up there but the uranus fudge factory is up there is that really the north side of indiana i mean north side of indy per se maybe not so it's like i don't know because anderson is like 20 miles away from us and but it feels north far. like how many people from downtown indy drive to Anderson? well right but i mean when i think of north you think of like Michigan City? Yeah. Like I think of like actually north. Okay, like the northern part of Indianapolis, so to say. Like Muncie's basically Indianapolis, but like smaller. But we drive up there all the time. Uranus Fudge Factory is there. And they have all these crazy ass billboards because their name is Uranus Fudge. Like you're gonna find fudge in Uranus. But <laughs> Yes you are. <laughs> but I'm bunts. But they have this billboard. That homemade is fucking spelled wrong on the billboard. Oh no. It's Hamid. H O M A D E. That's not a word, right? Uh, not one that I'm familiar with. That's not homemade, which is H O M E M A D E. The, the billboard is just spelled wrong. It says it's like locally crafted in Hamid. All of me is like that designer drives by that every day and goes, God damn it. Yeah, and it was probably like, ah, we can't fix it. Like, that's your fuck up. Yeah. There's spell check on Illustrator, dude. <laughs> I swear to you, you can spell check on Illustrator, Nathan. Anyway, bad rabbit hole. But that's the same thing that happened here. That's definitely a designer fuck up. Yeah, I could see that. If it's on the other two cans... It's definitely say, a mistake. Because you would think that these would have all been made around the same time. Maybe not. I think they were all probably released around the same time because there's no chance that they would have just all been at this liquor store side by side at the same time. Well, and these, these kind of feel like an event kind of release mm -hmm. with, with how they're... They're labeled. They look like they would sell well in like a mixed four pack if you had another one with it. Yeah. It feels... Ash and Elms at release, like it does, like it, the color changes and the layout and things like that. So this um, this Imperial Porter Reserve has a four point two two on Untapped. Yeah, hundred sixty four check ins. That's man, that's a pretty rare beer. Yep, like phase, that's rare air right there. Phase three, Lake Zurich, Illinois. I think we just said Zurich earlier. Microbrewery. What's their overall rating? Uh, 4.14. I was going to say, it's got to be pretty high. They're like really, really sought after. And we just got some of the distro here in Indiana, but nothing like this. 
Like these don't show up here. Interesting. All right. These but they are also supposedly make good right. like loggers and pilsners and stuff. So that's fun. Yeah, they got a 4.07 New England. They got a 4.25 Imperial IPA New England. 3.75 lager. Uh, ooh, milkshake IPA. Man, I milkshake IPAs are my jam right now. Like, why did why did we get these fucking fruited sours yeah. and not this why, milkshake IPA? Why is it that the smoothie sours are the ones that made the thing and not... Because it's like... I, I understand thing. when, way back in the day, we did that uh, uh, Rochester brewing. Yeah, blah. And we did their 12 days of... Christmas. Beers, yeah, Christmas, and it was all milkshake IPAs. Twelve days of milkshake, I think. And most of them were pretty fucking gross. Yeah, and thin as fuck, not milkshake quality at all. Like, sorry, Rochester Mills. But I've had a few lately. Uh, we had one at uh, Foreign Local. I yeah. had one at Foreign Local. I sampled it, <laughs> and it just absolutely fantastic. I had, I feel like I had one at Morefest too, that was really good. Because yeah, I, I remember having two uh, very recently. But they got one here, a strawberry chantilly. Chantilly, 4.20. Like, man, give me milkshake IPAs. I had a milkshake IPA in South Carolina. It was a pineapple milkshake IPA from Westbrook. So fucking good. Well, like, 18th Street used to make dope-ass versions of milkshake IPAs. Five or six other local breweries made good ones, and I just they just died, which sucks. Yeah, I mean, wait, to be fair, I can't drink them now, but it's, I, I still enjoy them. I feel like I feel like they were a massive fad, and everybody had multiple of them. And I, you know, it's not a bad thing when those things kind of fade away, but it does feel like the ones that you get now are made really well. You know, it's not just like the smoothie sour thing where some are good and some are just kind of like, what are you even doing? Yeah. And you had that with milkshake IPAs where you're like, oh, this is bomb. And then you had a bunch of shit ones and you had to kind of wade through. <laughs> yeah. This is that. like just milk. Like this is weird. Yeah. Not and good. now it's okay. Like the people who are making it are actually making it. Like they're not just throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. So, which one did we pour? Uh, the pour. coffee toffee. This nope. is the one I was excited about. Yeah, coffee toffee. Because I am a huge toffee fan. Uh, Heath bars are my jam, despite the fact that uh, they do not agree with my teeth. I don't think they agree with anybody's teeth. To be I mean, honest. to be fair, this does not agree with our teeth either. Beer doesn't agree with your body. I don't think beer is supposed to be in, in your body. Probably not. Yeah, there it is. Pressed toffee. There you go. Or that is dumb. Can. That is really dumb. It, it pressed dash toffee. Uh, well, this is called pressed imperial porter coffee and toffee. So get our naming situation here. Phase three. That's not good. Wow. 2.3 thousand check-ins. 4.22. That's a bit more than the reserve. A little bit. The reserve is a little more rare, I think. Um. That was rare air right there, or rare beer. <laughs> that was rare liquid. <laughs> mm, I don't like this one. This one's not my favorite one. You, There's something weird you, about the back no. end. Yeah, no. There's like a medicinal back end to that. What the fuck is that? Don't know. The, what is happening? The maple's significantly better. What is happening right now? I was so excited for this. That like has like a cherry medicinal taste to it. Why is that there with toffee? Yeah. It's like a cherry cordial medicinal flavor. Yep. Dustin doesn't like that one. What is happening? There's nowhere to pour this out. <laughs> <laughs> There's no pour station. God damn it. Where's the water? How is this a 422? Like, that is not good. And that was cold from location to my house. Yeah. No, that's not like an cooler. off flavor. Well, I mean, I guess medicinal would be, but I don't. Pardon interruption. We're gonna go pour it into the sink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like this one last, the other night either. I drank it, and that is was like 
This does not live up to the other two porters that we have. It has to be obviously whatever they use for the toffee. Yeah, it's got to have some sort of weird like flavor profile. It just isn't for me. Like, and maybe no. people love it, but it's definitely not for me. I was gonna say it's got a four two two after two thousand check ins. So like, there's a few people that love it. Bad can maybe. I don't know. Bad. Bad, bad two pack. Like, yeah, bad two pack. Like what? There's just something off. It's holding carbonation just fine, so it looks like it's brewed fine. It smells okay, but there's also a weird, like, cordial smell at the end of it. Yeah. All right, so uh, we've cleaned out the glass on that one. Sorry, it's phase three. That's, uh, I don't know what the fuck happened there, but that beer was uh, just not not worth uh, drinking any more of. And so we have now moved on to the maple variety of this, which Dustin has promised me is going to be good. And so let's hope. It does have a much better aroma to it. Definitely sweeter. You can tell there's, uh, you know, I, I don't feel like you can say that you can tell there's maple in it. Like if you were just handed this without knowing what it was. But there's a, a much sweeter yeah, variety Yeah, there's a sugary yes. note on the nose. So it's like a, a sweet pastry as opposed to yeah. like a dry baker's Sw- chocolate. Yeah, like a, a chocolate pastry is kind of a good way to phrase that. It smells like a, a sweet chocolate pastry. Yeah, it's definitely a sweeter version of it. Um, the, the rare or the reserve, which apparently is really rare, um, is just the like... Baker's like simplistic dark chocolate notes. That is fucking good. There was something we've had. Fuck me, man. This is deja vu moment. And I said this the last time. There was a podcast we did earlier this year where I said, I'm having a deja vu moment because we had a like a breakfast. Um, was it Junie Swirl? Maybe. We had like a maple. Oh no, it was the odd side. Odd side ales like maple, maple breakfast, breakfast brunch, thing. Or, yeah. And I remember sitting there being like, "We've had a beer just like this before." Like, that's what this is. This reminds me so much of that odd side ale. It's like um, uh, a chocolate croissant in a glass. This reminds me, and fuck founders, but. This reminds me of CBS. Yeah. God, I love CBS. Sometimes you harken back to the good old days of of doing Before all this. Before you knew they were racist. <laughs> yeah, I mean that too. <laughs> but just in general, doing some of this stuff where it was like, it, it used to be, and I'm sure there's still some fun to it. But it's hard to get excited about what's out there anymore. Matt's mic's kicking his ass. I keep trying to move this mic and it's just not working. Like I've seen KBS and it's just like, I don't really care. Well, and a I've lot seen of those, there's a few variants that I'm like, I'd like to try that, but I'm not giving you my money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, goose islands. The fuck is that even called? Bourbon County, Bourbon County. Just, do not care. Yeah, I haven't bought it yet. I, I haven't go. bought it this year. The problem is now there's like limited releases and shit that are just sitting on the shelf. It's crazy. I oh, was really? at cons and they had like rare on the shelves. Just 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 sitting there. That that did that didn't happen ten years ago. I will say there's part of me that's kind of tired of the having to drive thirty minutes to go find I don't want to say good beer. Rare beer would be a better way to put it. And that's a laziness. That That's a lazy part. And then just drive 14 minutes to Total Wine. Uh, it's a little bit farther than that, because it's 14 <laughs> minutes just to get to your house. So then whatever it takes from here to get to Total Wine. I yeah. Okay, so 20 minutes. <laughs> Still lazy. Still lazy when it comes to that. Well, I, I will say my experience with Total Wine has not always been great. Yeah, it, I mean, it's not supposed to be because Total Wine doesn't have the best reputation for many reasons. 
but they used to be a lot better. Well, like, when we when we went to South Carolina, like when we started going there, you walked in and they had singles of everything. And now you walk in and there's yeah, it's very barely singles. any singles. And I'm and I'm sure there's a valid reason why they moved to that, but it still fucking sucks. That's an episode like of its own is liquor stores and the selections and things like that. I think would it'd be, be interesting to just what we should do. And I know this kind of got way off tangent, but fuck it. Who knows what this episode even is at this point? Just beer is just start hitting up random liquor stores around us. What can you find? Yeah. And what can you find there? And just maybe start making a list or, or do an episode where it's like, here's, Here's some crazy places that we've found because like there's liquor stores around me here up on, you know, Lawrence McCordsville area that I've never really gone to because they look like just random liquor stores, but so does Stoney's. Yep. And then you walk into Stoney's and it's a fucking paradise. And the only reason we found out about that, or at least I did was because someone told me about it. Well, there's a place in St. Louis that's very similar. There's this like warehouse that is just, like beer, liquor, everything under the sun, but it's just this beat up looking building that somebody's like, you should go there. And I was like, but why? Like, I'm going to get shot going here. And I walked yeah. in and I was like, holy mother of God. Like, what is all this stuff? Yeah, it definitely feels like there needs to be a little bit more of that. Of can't, Is there a random liquor store that maybe you can just find really cool shit at? For absolutely no reason. Like Castoni's. Like, the, the, I mean, the one that comes to mind for me is that 96th Street Payless because they got all the old stuff from uh, Shelton Brothers distributing when it like went out of date, so to say. But these are beers that don't go out of date. Like, they just don't. They're just big barrel-aged beers that don't go out of, that just don't go out of date. They do well. Yeah. And you always hear like Paylesses get a lot of good shit and stuff like that, but it's like, I don't know, what are some of the, the hidden gems of? I don't think we have any of indie. Maybe we do. Stonies. But... I mean, I'm gonna keep coming back to it because that is the one. Now, but that's not a hidden let's, gem anymore. Let's give like... it a. I think it probably still is. Let's give it a caveat. I've not been to Stonies in three plus years, so I do not know. But when we used to go there, it was great. I just don't have well, the desire so to drive there 30, is a, 45 minutes to go check it out anymore. There is a shout out worth making and that's discount liquor in Plainfield. Um, it's on 70 and 267 right there. It just looks like a run of the mill liquor store. That's but you go in there about. and this dude, like the beer buyer just brings in the most outlandish yeah. shit. So and I he remember knows his stuff and he like I had a buddy who ran a Kroger in Franklin and I remember him talking to me at one point and this was fucking 7 8 years ago and this was before zombie dust was everywhere and he said that his beer buyer like just knew her shit and was always bringing in good stuff and so it's like oh okay so this like can be different at each Kroger. Like, yeah, that's crazy. So can this be different at each Payless? Can this be different at each? Like, is there is there a hidden gem around me that I've just never bothered going to? Like the Kroger that I go to sucks, but and I haven't been there in a while. But that Kroger on Benford used to have like a fucking crazy selection. Because I remember, like, that's where you would go get frozen assets. Yeah, and because like CBS, yeah, right? like not every place would have it, but that one would. There's plenty of shit like that out there, you know. Like nobody's going to Walmart. Like there's not gonna be one at a Walmart. No, but like the Krogers are different. Targets are different. Yeah, yeah. Like the Southport Target is like, well, again, I I have to base it off of shit that I've seen in the past because I haven't been to a lot of these places before. But the Target on Southport used to be the that's the beer. that's one of the number one targets in the state. Yeah, um, I know the guy that runs. He was the GM. I don't know if he still is, but I used to do stuff for him and his old basketball team. Because that's like where when they they started having like an entire craft beer yep. like 
section, and it was headlined by Taxman. That was one of the first super super targets. Yeah, too. like, but so the target on 106th and Michigan over there on the west side is one of the first ones that got the liquor store inside of it. Like, it has its own little like front section that's all beer, booze, and wine, and not in an aisle. It's a fucking like section. This is a good Instagram post, and we're I'm gonna post this. Like, what are the hidden liquor stores that we need to find? Because I I think that that could help a lot of people. Because not only can you find good stuff from Indiana, and maybe some older stuff, but maybe there's places that get some crazy outside stuff. You know, because yep. you've talked about before when places come into town for festivals and events and things, they can sometimes sell their stuff around. Usually we hear about cons and things like that, but yeah, are there any... Con, the cons of the world. Cons. Uh, the other ones, uh, uh, buying a table. Uh, but it's like, there's got to be... But, you know, they can't all be Northside. It, you know, and Stoney's is in the middle of fucking Emerson and like 10th Street. Well, it used to be Party Pack, but they fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, but it's like... Where 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 are these hidden ones go? If Craft Roads has got some crazy shit, where they is can't it going? they can't just send them to the same place all the time. Like yeah, you have cons to has, spread. Con can't a be bit. the only place you send. You know, place. there's no cons on in Avon. Why so, is cons not branched out? I realize we've fucking these are hardcore, but why has cons... I think that's all right though because it it does kind of come, become relevant in a way because Phase Three makes. Two out of three good beers, at least. All right, but according to Untapped, they make they make other good beers. So if Phase Three was coming to town, where the fuck would they go? They're at Cons. That's right. that's the space. But like, if you don't one, if you've never been to Cons, go. No questions asked. If you've never been, go because you'll be fucking mind blown. But be prepared to spend money because they mark up their shit because they can. People pay that because where else are you going to get it like where is he going to get that stuff yep. like that meadery we were talking about is at cons i've never seen it in another place in indiana nowhere yeah and then it's like well how do you get it that would be interesting to know like so how do you get it well that versus anybody else was or... there because of the the corn maze okay they were at the corn maze so it's just been there a while yes but because nobody knows what it is because yeah. they've just I mean, it's even just, if you do, I don't know if I want to spend 60 bucks on that. Yeah, even if you know what it is. Maybe if I made some more money. It's expensive if you know what it is. If or you if, don't know what it is, it's ridiculously expensive. And it's in this corner where nobody knows what meat is. I feel They're like nobody. But. I feel like that's the kind of stuff that you buy for a bottle share. Or like if your significant other really likes it. Like Alexa loves mead. I just don't know if. She would appreciate a sixty dollar bottle of like that's I don't know if she with, would appreciate that as much. That's as the same would. with Shelly. Like, and I feel like that's the kind of stuff that you share with people who are on the who are going to appreciate it as much as you because at a certain point, nerds. yeah, because at a certain point it's like, oh well, that's really good, and it's like okay, but I can't I can't have an in depth conversation <laughs> with you about it about the intricacies of it. Yeah, well, like the like circling back to the beers we're drinking but like, she would also be pissed if i bought it and just sat it on the shelf and was like i'm gonna give i'm gonna let other people drink this not you yep and it may be five years from now <laughs> so circling back to here what we're like the beers we're drinking um the like subtle differences between the reserve and this like most people yeah sure i taste a little maple in this but to me this is like an entirely different beer like the base is there it's still got the body Still got that, like, the viscosity, the roasty is still there, but that maple just changes this beer to, like, this sweet subtlety as opposed to a bold, roasty porter. I still just don't get porter out of these beers. I, I really got to I gotta read up on on this. I'm fascinated by this. They're thick as fuck, right? Yeah. Like, everything about this screams stout. If you put this in front of most people, they would be like, this is just a stout. You didn't tell them what it was out yeah. of, a, like, a pour or a, a blind stout. tasting? It is truly this is fascinating. Better than, this is better than half of the pastry stouts we've had this year, though. And this just goes to show, like, you know, this is kind of where the two dumbass parts come in. It's like, well, fuck, I don't know really what the difference between a porter and a stout is. I know porters are usually a little bit thinner. 
stouts are you know a little bit heavier and and shit like that but like yeah i don't when it I comes mean, to this like what the fuck is an imperial porter i honestly don't think i've i cannot remember having an imperial porter before i know sean actually manahan at copacetic made what the fuck uh mercules was an imperial porter one year okay so he did Imperial Porter because it was Porter's Porter with like a heavier drain load and stuff. Interesting. But he would be a good one to ask because he would be able to explain it. Or Ryan. Probably starting with Sean because Ryan's more of a traditionalist. But he would be able to explain it. Maybe way the fuck up here above our head. But yeah. <laughs> we'd be like, mm-hmm. Yeah. This was damn good. I, I would honestly say if you're if you're up in up in the Illinois area, you know, I don't know where Phase 3 distributes to within Illinois, but... Check out a Benny's. They're yeah, everywhere. They, they, they had them at the, at the random liquor store we went to when I was trying to find Dank Meme, which apparently is harder to find than I thought it would be. Oh, yeah, they did have Phase 3, right? That, yeah, we, they that did. weird fucking... Because I thought about like, buying... None of these, but they had yeah, some... Yeah, like, I thought about buying three. some, because I was like, I feel like Phase 3 is like a big deal up here. Um, but I did not, I didn't take any beer back, which is probably a good thing, uh, since I have to slow roll it, uh, as I think I know what my heart condition is caused by, AKA beer. <laughs> Does your watch just tell you? No, it's, uh, it has to do with a, when they went in and did the entire procedure to then tell me you do not have what we thought you had. I started Googling. Sorry for sticking things. a fucking thing up your leg, though. Yeah, yeah, and now you have to deal with all that. But I started Googling my symptoms, and I came across like this syndrome, and, and which I'm is not trying definitely to play, a great way to go. Yeah, right. I'm not <laughs> trying to play Google Doctor here, but like, I came across this syndrome, and it and it had kind of three unique um, symptoms to it. One was like basically you randomly black out, which I do not do. Uh, another was seizures, which I do not have. The other one was your heart rate escalates basically when you've been like over, like drinking too much, out in like too much heat. Every time that I can physically recall this happening to me, where my watch is like, "Hey, it's over 120 for hey, 10 minutes." What the fuck, man! Like I have been drinking, and like. Usually, when I think about in the past, it, the the one time it didn't, the one time it triggered way too much was when I had COVID. But our bad. It, <laughs> it happened on vacation, and I had been drinking. I drink on vacation, you know. I I I didn't drink. the The thing was, uh, I wasn't sitting there drinking a ton. I wasn't even drinking when it happened. But I think there's just maybe something about alcohol that causes too much of whatever is happening in my body to do this but like i think back when were the times that i've noticed it or i got the alert on my phone it's times when i've been out drinking with you you know and i never really thought two things of it like i would just be sitting we'd be drinking and i would just start getting hot and sweating and i would just think to myself well it's, it's just hot in here you know it's not like we're in the middle of winter and i'd be like why am i fucking sweating in the middle of winter i would just think it's there's a shit ton of people in here it's hot. I'm drinking beer. Typically, if I'm out with you, I'm not drinking cream ales all night. Baby beers. You know? Like, you're drinking the stuff that kind of, you know, beer just heats up your body in anyways, and you add all this other stuff. I mean, you know, we, we have three 12% yeah. beers right here. And so, I think the over-drinking of beer, and, and I hate calling it over-drinking because that makes it sound like a problem or anything, but like, going drinking too much maybe throughout an entire day in, a, in one sitting or, or something yeah. or maybe there's some yeah it is what is causing it in a way plus the excessive heat because i'm sure like there is something to fucking anxiety my heat being, just yeah. yeah like i'm i'm sure if i sat outside and drank all this shit this week where it's 90 degrees i would probably all of a sudden have arrhythmia and everything would be i mean if we drank all three of these even shared outside in a 90 or in yeah, a hot tub it, or something it would like, be we insane. would be fucking 
hammered. But like what I have decided to do at this very moment, considering I haven't I haven't been back as of this episode to figure out what the see what they tell me is wrong. That's that's coming up next week. Um if if they even fucking know at this point. It's a guess. But my thought is I'm just gonna kinda stick with one beer at a time. Like obviously episodes and stuff are gonna be unique, but that's only once a week, once every two weeks. I don't really give a fuck at that point. I'm not gonna die from this. Um as far as I know. <laughs> a lot of worse ways to go, I guess, than drinking beer. I really don't want to do an R.I.P. Matt episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think you could. I think you would just have to do the post. R.I.P. Matt, he drank too much. <laughs> I, I could do an episode. I would just record it into my computer. Yeah, that's true. But you Solved. are but but the problem is I'm not there to help you with Reaper, so may, maybe I'll die and just like haunt your house just to watch <laughs> you get so angry at trying to figure out Reaper and how to record and and get it out and I'd everything. Like, else. I would just record into my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> fuck it. So what's funny is we use Anchor and you can literally do that. Yeah. You can record right into it. So that would be the way to go. That's but, what that's what I would do. But my thought was just stick with one. That's kind of why I've been drinking one until today is just stick with one. Yeah, Not I two or three. three idea. Yeah, just go with one a night. Slowly clear out your backlog. And then this is, this may sound a little bit crazy, but I think I'm going to move to classic beers after this. After I get through my backlog of beers, I'm not, I, I don't want to say I'm not going to buy any beer because that's stupid, but I do not plan on purchasing any beer until I'm through what I have, and that's probably going to take a few months. And I think after that, I'm just going to go to some classic styles and not, and, you know, stay away from stuff like this. One, save a little bit of money for myself. I'm not rolling in dough. Yeah, these ain't cheap. Especially with student loans about to start back up. Yeah, fucked America. <laughs> uh, but like that Shinobi lager. I probably never would have tried that on my own. That's what I want to be drinking now. Like there's something there was something that 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 more beer fest did to me that I just I've tried to explain now in two in two episodes in a way. It has unlocked something in me of like, the, you know, this tugboat, Maple, and the Reserve are fantastic beers. Do not get me wrong. But I don't know shit about Phase 3. That's how I honestly feel. Great. You can make a really good Imperial Porter with some adjuncts. What else you got? They have good lagers, you know, apparently. But that's the thing is, would I have bought that lager? No. Like, if uh, we... And see, it's, it's weird that I came home with Shinobi Lager, but he was like, we have this lager, and I was like, fuck yeah, let's do that. Like, yeah. cool. I brought home a white stout and a keg, or keg, okay, a growler. A growler? A, a, a crowler? <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a, a fucking awesome growler that's just, you know, visible now. But I brought that home because white stout, I mean, you're going to do that. Yeah, fucking white stouts are so good. The lager was one of those things that I was like, look, you guys make good beer, so I want to try something that is run-of-the-mill, so to say. But even then, it's run-of-the-mill with awesome additions to it that made it even better. Yeah. I just, I, I go and I start to think to myself, you know, this is this is what I seek out, and I understand why I do it. You know, we we've all kind of cut our teeth on on the the bare bones and now you're looking for something a little bit more that that score you need more more and more but at what point is it are you satisfied never yeah you're an american you're never satisfied i mean that's true too (laughs) bigger better bolder faster stronger but i just think like texas you know what what am i missing because I, I don't want to say what are we missing, but what am I missing out there? That is f- just fucking simple. I, daytime from Lagunitas is one of my favorite examples of this situation. I just happened to grab that one time, and that is hands down one of my favorite beers to drink. And it is a session IPA. It's like 4.8%. It is so fucking good. And it is so goddamn boring. 
Yeah, and I've I've literally talked to multiple people and wanted to explain the like the difference between these crazy things that we drink to talk about and then the crazy things that we drink that we enjoy. Because while Shinobi Lager is not crazy, so to say, but it is a unique, unique representation yeah. of a style. So is that crazy craft beer? It depends on who you ask, right? Like, I love, love... It was a bit crazy to some people who gave it a, yeah, two, a two on Untapped. <laughs> I love fooder sours. That's, like, if I were to choose my favorite style of beer, it's probably a true sour with, like, true lactobacillus, big fucking crazy kick-you-in-the-teeth sour. But you don't get it's hard to find. Yeah. And when you do find it, the bottles are fucking $80 or, you know, whatever it may be. It was hard to find. Uplands stopped making them for the most part. Don't ask me why. I have ideas, but neither here nor there. But then, like, what, what, what you can find, like, 10 at a liquor store, maybe. So my goal, and I told Shelly, I said, I want to start finding more straight like a lager a pilsner like dude if ryan kegged italian pilsner it would be in my refrigerator every day all day i could see that and and like that's that's kind of another way i look at it too is like that's such a great beer i wouldn't try that probably at a beer fest i probably wouldn't try that if it was on a shelf the worst part is he wouldn't bring it to a beer fest. He wouldn't fucking go to a beer fest. But like, let's let's pretend he is sunking size. You would, you would bring that if that was like one like that. That too is probably one of his top three beers. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's his number one beer for sure. Yeah. So you bring that. You would bring that to be like, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. But it, but then if fest, he's you got try it. But then let's say he's got the Googman, the Porter, the, the, the Baltic the, Porter. I'm going to get the Baltic Porter. I'm not going to try that Italian Pilsner. And More than likely, I may not come IPA back. with chocolate orange. Yep. Um, and then the blueberry, blackberry Berliner. Yep. And then the banana nut bread F. Yep. I just, it feels like, it feels like they have, like, you know, there's there's a mix of you have to kind of make these crazy styles to keep the doors open. There's also a little bit of challenge to those to do it right. But at the same point, like, that's not... Then he's got a coffee lager the, that blows my mind. The the first beers you're making with Mr. Beer kits and, and great fermentation kits and, and Brooklyn brew kits, they're not... They're not coffee maple... They're double, not that. Double <laughs> porters, you know? Like, like you're cutting your teeth on the classic styles. And, like, Man, like the, so out of these three beers, I love, I like the maple one. I love maple. It's, it's really hard to fuck up a maple beer too. Like it's one of those, like, a, it's like yeah. a raspberry. You can't really fuck up a maple beer. Now, do I think that Russian for maple or maple pinko? Is as good or better? Yeah. But will you ever get that again? Fuck no. All right. So before we get out of here, I think I think this is a good question. Savoy truffle or maple pinko? I'm going to take Savoy truffle because I feel like it's more intricate. There's more flavor profile because maple takes over the beer, and there's nothing wrong with that by any means. Like especially with like a great representation of what we're drinking right now, this beer is maple centric, so it's just taking over the beer. But the reserve had so many more flavor profiles. That's so much more going on. It had more depth of flavor. Because it didn't have something that popped so hard that nothing could overtake it. 
And so just a quick reminder, because we talk about this beer all the time, and then I feel like we also don't uh, mention what the hell it is. Uh, so this was a uh, Imperial Stout from Social Project, which is out of Benton, Arkansas, where they took uh, a Willet barrel, one-year-old Willet barrel aged stout, jammed it full of toasted coconut, Marcona almonds, and Kaya. Kaya! Cacao Kaya. nibs. I remember that now. Kaya! Um, so there's that. And then let me find Maple Pinko. This one might be hard. Maple. And that's just a maple barrel from a local maple syrup person that Sean knows. Yeah. And there's nothing here, but maple barrel aged pinko Russian imperial stout. Let's put it so. Wow, uh, this is kind of cool to see. So, 2017, you had it. You gave it a 4.25. Uh, January 2017, February 2017, I gave it a 4.5, and then June 2023, you gave it a 4.6. I look. I legit funny. think it was better when we had it there. Yeah, it's fucking wild because that bottle had been through hell and back, death, all kinds of shit. That bottle went through. I think if I had a choice between the two, it's a really hard one because I really liked Savoy Truffle. Um, it tasted like a really tasted like. Super fancy mountain bar, like ultra mega millionaire kind of fancy mountain bar. Yeah, it was a mountain bar made by fucking like the uh, best chocolatier in the goddamn world, uh, Ramsey or some shit. Like, well, but like that level, yeah, like like just the chocolatier, but Ramsey's like chocolatier. But there's something about that maple pinko. That lives in my head, rent free, for the rest of my life, and I think there's some biasy towards it. But if I chose between the two, I would say maple pinko. And I think the thing is, you taste these maple ones, and there's something different about that. One, I think pinko was on another level at that time. Yes. Yeah. 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 We we're in. in yeah. I guess I should say the Sean Manahan brew. We're we're comparing Pinko twenty like first thirteen twenty fourteen. <laughs> yeah, first year Maple Pinko era. That they they were just on another fucking level. I don't think they knew where brewing. they were. No, I don't think they. I think certain people probably knew what they had, and other people didn't. I don't even think Sean knows that. that like he didn't know at that time what was like happening it was just it was crazy and but that's that's one of those ones that we we kind of talked about the quality of the carrot people say you 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 um cook something with love and what that what that tends to mean is you put a lot of time and energy and preparation into this and that's why it tastes better than just you threw some spice on it and threw it in the oven like you know you you fucking set it out for you know like I think you about let like the steak sit for yeah you a steak is a great example with, with salt on top of just it to pull thaw the it moisture out, out. And just yeah throw it on yeah you you let it sit outside you let it sit not outside but you know out and get room temperature and you put salt on it and, it, and you brined it you you really took care of it to make it better that's what some of these beers are that's what that's what I don't know what the fuck happened with this coffee toffee but. You know, I assume it's the same thing, just something this reserve. Went wrong. This reserve it. is the a reserve, great example. The maple, there's something about it that is just quality. People took their fucking time to make this. This is what these beers. Let's let's leave. Let's just use the reserve. That beer is the reason that I enjoy the craft beer industry. That specific beer, Savoy Truffle. That beer. Pinko, the espresso Merc, those types of beers where I know thought went into it. You 
intentionally went to this location that roasts coffee. You intentionally went to this farmer that makes barley. You intentionally went to this location that makes your grains. Like fucking, uh, what the fuck is his name? Sugar Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Caleb. Yeah. You went to Caleb and you said, Caleb, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z. And he's like, all right, I got you. Like, here's what I've got that I can help you out with. And as much as I hate what happened with the end, like, of Indiana City, the very first Russian roulette was one of those beers. You know that beer was made with an ungodly amount of love. The label was designed with an ungodly amount of love. It was that beautiful black wax with the label that was made of cardboard, just this like perfect design. The follow-up never matched every year, never matched it. So those are the things that I think are unique in the beer industry that we just, we glaze over. And what I want to do is to find those on the opposite spectrum. What are the Italian Pilsners? Yeah, what's this out of this world Pilsner? Not, Matt, not even just out of this world, well, but but you know, we when we think of Kismetic, we think of Italian Pilsner. Like that's the first thing that pops into our minds. Why? It's his favorite. So he's gonna do it right every fucking time. That's just a base style. So where are the other people making those kind? Because they all exist. Every there there's going to be I would almost guarantee, and I think we're I'm gonna turn this into a question. I don't know how to word it, but we'll figure it out. But basically, everyone has to have a base style beer that they make that they absolutely love. The rest of them just get made because, you know, in a way you kind of have to make it. Think of Sun King. If you went to the people brewing Sun King today, what is your base style that you're brewing that you love more? That's the one to get. Like, that's the one that you know to drink because... That's the shifty. So much time and effort has been taken into that. And that kind of tells you what kind of brewer they are, you know? And a lot of times that rolls over because if you are, it depends on the mindset I would have to imagine too. And obviously I know that when it comes to brewing, things can get a little funky, but you know, it's that saying of you can do it right or you can do it the right way. And sometimes with brewing as with a lot of, jobs just in general you just have to do it right and get it done and get it out and here you go but if you do it the right way it's going to take you an extra 30 minutes an extra hour an extra day yeah, that's where you get these beers though that exactly and so where are these beers on the lager side on the pilsner side well Lager and Pilsner. On the blonde ale, on the cream ale, on just a regular ass porter. Where's the, where is this on the porter side? Not an imperial porter, nothing with coffee. Where's this on a stout? That's right. (laughs) But there's got to be those elsewhere too. Like you're going to run into those places at a lot of locations. I don't even think it's just places. I, even if it's just one beer, you know, what is that beer at Sun King? I think most of us would probably say cream ale, but would they say cream ale? That's what I want to fucking know now. Like, I don't know what the hell Morfest did to me, but this is all I've been thinking about. It's been going on two fucking weeks since we went to that thing, and all I can think about is, where are these four vanilla beers in the realm of just... Plain ass classic beers. Who are the ones doing it so goddamn right that this is all you want? They're in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're in Europe. You know? And they're in Ireland. You're probably not right. And I don't, I don't, I don't know about say Ireland, that. But. Well, but I mean, but Guinness, like, yeah. doesn't, like, come on now. Like, a Guinness is a Guinness. Oh, yeah. Guinness is Especially great. Especially there. A Guinness is a Guinness. Yeah. And then you have Smithix, and then you have Smithix, 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 
If you call it Smithwicks, like I did when I went to Ireland, they. I always thought it was Smittix. So yeah, Smittix. Smittix. Um, you have them. Then you have the pub ale. They're all owned by. Whatever um, the fuck the one is. uh, Pretty sure uh, they're all owned by Guinness. Boddingtons. Yeah, Boddingtons. But like that, that's a fucking beautiful beer. But it's crushable, and it's just a super simplistic pub ale. I will be interested when you come back from. Ireland to see what's out there because Smittix Harp is their basically light lager. We're literally driving um, ourselves so we can stop wherever the fuck we want. Um, I mean, these are just like what there's, you find. There's five or six craft craft breweries. Oh, yeah, 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 that, yeah. There's, like, you can there's, stop at that yeah. I, I want to check out to see what's different there. But there's a lot of Miller. When I went there in 2010, there was a lot of Miller Genuine Draft and a lot of Coors Light. And there was a fuck ton of like signage advertisement coasters of Coors and Miller Genuine Draft and there's like like way more than you would ever see here in in 2010 when you know we're we're still in the infancy of even Sun King being a thing you still didn't see shit like that so it's just kind of like the fuck is going on over here why is there so much yeah, you know, cool. Like, I guess you got to advertise against the Guinness, but I'm pretty sure Guinness owns like Smittix and Harp and and stuff like that. Uh, Magner Cider, fucking fantastic. I think you can sometimes get that around here. I know at Nine Irish, you downtown. can get it at Chatham. They yeah. have it there. Uh, all those locations, but love that. Yeah, like, look, great beer. Phase threes, these porters, the toffee one. Something happened, but. That rare or reserve, oh yeah, is like breathing rare air. It's interesting because after after you drink the other two, okay, let's let's throw out the toffee. After you drink the maple one, you kind of start to understand what the difference is. Yep, like there's just a little bit of a difference. That's that rare air, and it's one of those things where it's a it's a I don't want to say it's a shitty like example, but Matt and I at one point were involved with what I would consider rare air with the growth of a company that we were involved in, just super rare. You just don't get that, like that tenfold growth consistently. That just doesn't happen most places. Indian on tap? Yeah. (laughs) No, the other place that then tanked because, you know, you don't need salespeople to sell your products. But it's just something you don't get to experience very often. It's the Wolf of Wall Street mentality where it's just breathe that rare air. And that beer, the reserve is a rare air beer. Yeah, it, it. Yeah, I will agree with that. It's a limited batch that maybe I just got dumb lucky to stumble onto it at where I was because there was like two hundred people that checked it in. Yeah, it was like a hundred and something or two hundred versus yeah. twenty five hundred of the other ones. So something tells me that was the the like Bourbon County rare, right? So to me. That beer represents what I want the craft beer industry to be. I don't need maple in it. That beer was better without it. I could see it. And on that bombshell. Yeah, that's going to do it. Let's wrap this up so I can go home and go to bed. Cheers and bazingas, y'all. Cheers. <laughs>